Now on BBC Radio 4, it's just you, me, Mrs Trellis and this lot. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us for a second visit to the Victoria Palace in London, home to the musical Billy Elliot. The show tells the story of a young lad whose dreams are on a London stage. Welcome to my world. (laughs) In the early 19th century, French prisoners of war were housed in prison ships moored on the Thames at nearby Millbank. However, these ships regularly sank until it was discovered prisoners were tunnelling their way out. With the opening of the Channel Tunnel, Victoria Station became the London terminus of the Orient Express. Well-heeled travellers can make the romantic journey from Venice across the Alpes Maritime and along the Côte d'Azur before turning north to sip champagne as they're sped in luxury all the way to a points failure at Orpington. (laughs) The TV cook Nigella Lawson lives nearby here. When she was born, her father, the former Chancellor, chose her name by simply adding the letter A to his own. And she was duly registered as that useless fat gitter, Lawson. (laughs) An early famous performer at this theatre was the ballerina Pavlova. In 1911, the chef Escoffier created a dessert pudding in her honour, which he delivered here in person. However, before she could sample it, the phone rang and Pavlova's dogs ate it. (laughs) The famous famous bronze statue of Pavlova in front of the theatre was removed in 1939. The theatre management can't say whether its metal was taken for the war effort to make bombs or whether it ended up in someone's garden. The answer is both. However, Pavlova isn't the last performer here to end up broken down and bombing. (laughs) Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Rob Bryden. And making a welcome return to keep a keen eye on the team's points, please welcome our scorer, the delightful Samantha. We start this week with a round called Uxbridge English Dictionary. English is a subtle language and there are those who don't fully appreciate its complexity. For example, many people don't understand the difference between the words atrophy and emaciation. Well, those of us who went to public school know that emaciation is the state of being abnormally thin due to a lack of nutrition or disease, whereas atrophy is what I won for the 50-metre sack race. (laughs) However, meanings are constantly changing, and I'd like the teams to share with us any new definitions they may have spotted. 
Graham, you can start. Uh, <clears throat> Crackerjack, a device for raising biscuits. <laughs> Tim. Scandals. Sandals with socks. <laughs> Barry. Jocular. Scotch vampire. <laughs> Rob. Soaring. Too much fruit in your diet. <laughs> Sanctity. Multiple breasted French woman. Psychological. Something that makes sense on a bike. <laughs> Placenta. Ooh. Japanese TV host. <laughs> Diabetes. To drop dead whilst making eyes at a wasp. Gurgle to steal a ventriloquist's dummy. <laughs> Already to suffer from sunburn. Sex. What the Queen keeps her colon. <laughs> Control. Piers Morgan, A.A. Gill, Victor Lewis Smith, Simon Powell, Robert Gilroy Silk. Fibre optic, a uh, bartender's measure for muesli. <laughs> Replica, to suck up to the woman from Thomas Cook. <laughs> oh! Okay, the teams are going to sing along with a selection of well known discs now in the round call pickup song. Samantha made. Sam have you just come in? <laughs> Samantha made her usual trip down to the gramophone library earlier, where there was a bit of a buzz about the release of her latest cookery film. Samantha says the archivists are all very excited about watching her new dinner video. <laughs> Samantha is now poised at the record deck, with this week's selection of discs and ready to give them a spin. You should sing along, teams, until at my signal, Samantha turns the volume down. If on the music's return you're within a gnat's crotchet of the original, I'll be awarding points. And points mean the sharp ends of pencils. <laughs> what do points mean? <laughs> this week's prize is sure to delight every dinner party host who likes to serve lawn clippings in style. It's this lovely cut grass decanter. <laughs> Graham, you're to start, and I'd like you to accompany Peter, Paul, and Mary singing Puff the Magic Dragon. Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Honolulu. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal Puff and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Oh, 
Puff the magic dragon, live by the sea, and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Harmony. You've all made absolute prats of yourself. Okay, your next hymn. I'd like you to accompany Harry Nilsson singing Without You. <laughs> no, I can't forget this evening on your face as you were leaving. But I guess that's just the way the story goes. You always smile, but in your eyes your sorrow shows. Yes, it shows. My God, it shows. No, I can't forget tomorrow when I think of all my sorrow. When I had you there, but then I let you go. And now it's only fair that I should let you go. What you should know. I hope you're keeping on. I can't live if living is without you. I can't live. I can't give any more. You now, Barry, would you, <laughs> would you accompany Charles Aznavour singing, singing She? She may be the face I can't forget, a trace of pleasure or regret. Maybe my treasure or the price I have to pay. <laughs> she may be the song that summer sings. Maybe the children autumn brings. Maybe a hundred different things. I love you, Barry. Within the matter <laughs> of a day, one, two, three. <laughs> she. Maybe the beauty or the beast is going on. And finally, would you, Rob, please accompany Tom Jones singing Sex Bomb? Night. Aim gonna fire, shoot me right. 
I'm gonna like the way you fight And I love the way you fight You found the secret code I use To wash away my lonely blues And I can't deny or lie Cause you're the only one to make me fight You know what you are? Sex bomb, sex bomb You're a sex bomb And you can give it to me when I need to come along Sex bomb, sex bomb You're my sex bomb And baby, you can turn me on You can give me more and more I'm counting up the score You can turn me upside down and inside out You can make me feel the real deal The next round is based on a very old children's game. And luckily we have four very old children to play. <laughs> it's called Scissors, Paper, Stone. And one wonders, can that really be turned into amusing radio? <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, no. <laughs> but why break the habit of a lifetime now? This version is called Cat Glass Pudding. The rules... The rules are quite simple, namely that cat breaks glass, glass spoils pudding, and pudding drowns cat. <laughs> All completely logical. So teams, I shall count you in and I'd like you to activate the appropriate sound effect. Are you ready? Yes. 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 Okay. One, two, three. Oh, two cats. Two, two cats. cats. So wait, we start again, do we? Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> I suggest we do. Yeah, let's, we, let's try okay, it again. Okay, try again, let's, yes. We'll try it again. Yes. One, two, three. Now, I did, I did the glass smash there. Ah. So I, I win, don't I? No, well, the cat can break the glass. But think of his paws. No, the cat wins, I think. The cat wins. Okay. The cat wins. Yeah. Adjudication, Humph. No. <laughs> Fair enough. You OK, win. that's enough of cat glass pudding. Let's play it. <laughs> Let's play a different version. Oh. Off we go, teams. One, two, three. I was a little late, but what I think our leaves... Those, those are our leaves. Rustling leaves. <laughs> Goes they bang to they there, beat train every time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have another one then? Yeah. Yeah, go on. This one, is... two, three. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we were the gun. Yeah. It sounded like he shot himself. While <laughs> <laughs> our fellow was using a gun. I'm beginning to get into it now. Oh. One, two, three. Walkover for quote unquote. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't we 
work so well on television, this guy. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've goofed. Is that what you call it? Yeah. It says on my thing here, you all keep going until it stops being funny. <laughs> we could all be back home in bed by now. It's now time to play the game called Mornington Crescent. The first... First, I noticed from the huge number of letters which showered in on us this week that the Scrabble factory is blown up again. <laughs> and then we've received this postcard from a Mrs. Trellis of North Wales. She writes, Dear Mrs. McCartney, Oh dear, what a mess. You must be kicking you must be kicking yourself. Okay, on with the game. And as you'd expect, we'll be playing the standard metropolitan version today. However, as a concession to Rob Bryden, who's still a relative novice, we'll keep things as simple as possible. So rule two is suspended, oh. and prime move triangulations can be made only within a lateral orbit. <laughs> Great. Tim, will you start, please? St. Martin's Lane. Victoria Street. No, it's rule two suspended. Rule two... Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah sorry. Right. It must be a lateral orbit, which Humph did say quite clearly. No, hang on, hang on. <laughs> now you're I just want... highlighting the fact we've had to do this because I'm here. Yeah. Um, birdcage walk. Embankment. Oh, God. Well. No. That's... Calm him down. That's verging on lateral, isn't it? It's, okay. it's verging on well, lateral. Well, yeah, verging He hasn't verging played on many lateral. times. It's a... Well, that's why he's not very good at it, obviously. <laughs> Stockwell, Stockwell, probably. Baker Street. It's actually my turn. <laughs> yeah. I'm a right. bag of nerves. I'm going to say, Baker, and I Baker. think Rob is right, Baker Street. Well, no, hang on. Yeah, wait a minute. Triangulations, were you listening? I think you've been seduced by Rob's cultish enthusiasm here. <laughs> you, you could be right. What was the ruling on Baker Street, then? Humph, oh. did you rule on Baker Street? I wasn't Listen, in the building at the time. This is my rest period. <laughs> so carry on, Barry. Wigmore Street, that's it. Uh, Are we stacking the perpendicular? Is that some euphemism for something? Because I think we are, and I'll say Hounslow Central. Oh, very oh, good. Oh, no. Yeah, that's no. Fair play. Fair play. Very nice. Uh, yeah, fair play. Um, <clears throat> Camden Town. Good, excellent. Metropolitan rules, standard. Obvious. <laughs> Your move. Dollis Hill. Mornage and Crescent. Yeah. yeah.
We come to our notes and queries section now, where the teams are presented with some of the most frequently asked general knowledge questions to British newspapers, periodicals, text, and internet sites. However, before we start, we must clear up some inaccuracies that crept into the last edition. Firstly, Richard the Lionheart was not, as we said, a dodgy butcher on Chessington Market. <laughs> he was, of course, an early patient of Dr. Christian Barnard. Also, when we said that Tutankhamun was the next station on the district line after Tuton Broadway, <laughs> that was just silly. It's on the northern line. And finally, Anita Harris did not invent liposuction. That was actually Albert Perterbum. <laughs> OK, I brought along a selection of odd poses, and I'll ask the four of them to answer these questions. Tim, you can start. Can you think of a simple answer to this correspondence question? What is the most effective chat-up line? Um, would you like to come back and watch my remastered goodies DVD? <laughs> and would a thousand pounds help as well? <laughs> well, I'm sorry to tell you that the real answer is, according to a recent survey of a thousand adults, the top two chat-up lines are, Can I buy you a drink? And you don't know me, but I dreamt about you last night. Exactly, I quite agree. <laughs> Barry, I think this is rather a nice one. Does the little dot on an eye have a name? Conjunctivitis. <laughs> the answer is yes, it's called a tittle. Oh. Rob, I'm about to do a parachute jump for charity, but I'm disconcerted by the large hole at the top of the parachute. Can you tell me what it's for? Yes, of course I can. Uh, don't worry about it. It's an access point for the ambulance crew. <laughs> the real answer is it's called an apex vent. Before it was invented, air used to spill out from either ends of the canopy. This is why parachutists during the war used to swing from side to side, like a pendulum as they descended. <laughs> That's another reason. <laughs> OK, Graham, how about this question? Is it just coincidence that my finger fits exactly into my nostril? <laughs> yes. Yes, in fact, it's one of several coincidences. <laughs> I'll give you the, the actual answer is natural selection could have played a factor if females in the Pleistocene period preferred mating with males who picked their noses. Or if males and females picked each other's noses in a courtship ritual. If not, then it probably is just a coincidence. <laughs> Here is something for any of you to have a go. What's a good way to determine whether an animal is dangerous? Uh, run towards it waving your arms in the air, and uh, if it backs away, it's not dangerous. Well, pretty near that is to the railway, which is poking it with a stick is generally... <laughs> what is this book? There's a monument somewhere, people who followed that advice. Gen that's, it is generally considered the most effective. Why, why are giant pandas in the zoo so bad at mating? Ah, you're not the first one to have been disappointed.
The answer is the male pandas have the odds stacked against them. And notice that. <laughs> Female pandas are only receptive to them for two or three days a year. If the male pandas try at the wrong time, they get bitten. <laughs> Added to this, female pandas prefer to choose a partner from a, from a group. What, what, like the stones? Or Take the... that. <laughs> what should I do if attacked by a shark? Phone clams direct. <laughs> the answer is keep calm, maintain eye contact. If you've got a stick... <laughs> These are all out of a genuine book. If you've got a stick, hold it straight out towards the shark's eye. What is the etiquette? Uh, funny. What is the etiquette if I find I'm the first person to arrive at an organised orgy? <laughs> Try and make an entrance. <laughs> Shower first. Be prompt. Bring your own toys. Use only mild, dirty talk, and take care to alternate sexes. It's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time for a round of Hospital Patients' Songbook. <laughs> Samantha has to nip out now as she's been collecting donations for a London teaching hospital and needs to deliver some surgical instruments she's been storing. Samantha says she's always happy to hang on to guys' equipment for them. <laughs> Especially when they're so hard up. So while she's away doing that, I'll ask the teams to suggest titles of songs suitable to be played on hospital radio. Rob. Uh, see you later, fibrillator. <laughs> Jim. Knees up, Mother Brown. <laughs> Harry. They left my chart in San Francisco. <laughs> Graham. Lady in bed. I'm getting buried in the morning. <laughs> hey, you, get off my commode. Papa's got a brand new colostomy bag. <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's lonely heart transplant. <laughs> uh, Abba, booper trooper. <laughs> Mess in a bottle. <laughs> the trolley and the IV. Privates on parade. <laughs> Lift me up, turn me round, prop me up, turn me round. Lift me up, prop me up, raw hide. I'm a pink toothbrush, you're a gynaecologist. <laughs> Plug me in before you go-go. <laughs> Sung by Placebo Domingo. <laughs> Is this a way to plump a pillow? <laughs> STD, all my troubles seem so far away. <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the milkman of time leaves a pint on the doorstep of eternity, and the policeman of doom arrests him for urinating in public, 
I notice it's the end of the show. So from Samantha, the teams, myself, and the fine audience here at the Victoria Palace, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Rob Brighton have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. Program consultant was Ian Pattinson, and producer was John Naismith. Thank <laughs> you.